Welcome to House of Data, a show exploring how data is influencing decisions at the most ambitious companies in housing. I'm your host, Alex Bridgman. Together, we will dive into how housing market participants are ingesting, organizing, and making decisions using data and the competitive advantages that follow. I am the Director of Data Strategy at Altos Research, owned by HW Media, and we supply some of the most dynamic companies in housing with unique intelligence across every housing market nationwide. You can learn more about Altus Research and this podcast by going to altusresearch.com or by sending me an email at alex at hwmedia.com. My guest today is Nicolette Chapman, SVP of National Sales for Mortgage at Zonda. Our conversation focuses on how data informs loan officer recruiting strategies and what makes lenders more effective recruiters. We also touch on how to describe the ROI of data to clients, what her top clients do differently with data, and key numbers she references to help explain the housing market. Please enjoy my conversation with Nicolette Chapman. Nicolette, thank you so much for coming on the podcast on House of Data to talk all about how Zonda clients use data, but how you also have used data throughout your career. Um, Maybe that's a good place to start is, uh, what's your role? How would you define your role at Zonda? And then maybe talk about a couple roles beforehand that kind of led to this, you know, focus you have around using data and using it for your your own self, but also with Zonda customers. Sure. So, um, yeah, thank you for having me today. Again, my name is Nicolette Chapman. I am the Senior Vice President of National Sales for Zonda. I specifically head up the mortgage data solutions vertical. Um, We really tend to focus in the new construction space where we really help banks and lenders understand the current new home construction market, how they can better leverage uh, their products and their people in order to grow market share in this specific space. Um, I've been in the business actually going on 25 years. Um, Most recently, um, was a customer of Zonda, having been tasked to start a national builder division from the ground up for a national mortgage company. And in that process, was really sort of desperate to understand the market, what opportunities existed, and wanted to be really strategic in how we approached gaining new construction business so that we could do it quickly, scalably, um, and demonstrate ROI. And came across the data sets at Zonda and really relied on them heavily in order to accomplish my goals at the organization. And I joke to this day, I've been with Zonda now about four years, um, that I leveraged them so much that at one point they just offered to hire me and I jumped on it and um, have been with them ever since one of the best decisions I have ever made. So I love data, always have um, growing up was definitely a numbers nerd and continue to be that to this day. So um, I always encourage people, I don't know how you could do uh, new construction without understanding the truth of the market and the numbers. Uh, So we're here to help with that. Yeah. So in that mortgage role, when you found Zonda, like, was that a, was it a hard internal pitch to say, Hey, there's actually data that can help us make these decisions better. Or was it pretty smooth? And like you, you as a team were able to incorporate it pretty quickly into your process. You know, the market environment at the time wasn't as stressful as it is now. Certainly there's a lot more pressure on companies when it comes to investing in data and spend. 
Um, but I wouldn't say it was an easy conversation. I think anytime you need a tool to be able to be successful at your job um, and you have the trust of your leadership, as long as you're able to show what you're willing to do with the data and then perform with it, you know, thankfully I had the trust of my leadership when I, I came to them with the need of purchasing this data and they, and they ran with it. So I always uh, say if you work for an organization that doesn't trust your opinion, you should be questioning whether or not you want to make them money. I like that. That's a good phrase. Um, what you talked about ROI when you were evaluating Zonda data as a client, how did, how did you describe the ROI for that data internally? Like what were some key talking points in telling that story? Sure. So I think ultimately one of the things that we are able to track at Zonda is market share at the subdivision level. So for us in a broad standpoint, it was easy for us to say, okay, well, we're doing a great job. We have 90 loans, you know, in new construction this month in just Arizona alone. Um, but when we took a deeper dive into the data, we realized that we were actually leaving a lot of loans on the table. It looked good from far, but in reality, it was far from good. 90 loans isn't great if you should be getting 120. And so that was one of the pieces that we were able to quickly demonstrate ROI with was saying, listen, because we can see that we're losing loans in each individual subdivision, um, you know, with a solid relationship, it allowed us to be able to have transparent conversations with our builder customers and saying, you know, we appreciate the 90 loans that we have from you. However, we did notice that you've been sending a few to XYZ mortgage and another one to ABC mortgage. Is there something that we need to be doing better in order to increase our market share with you? Um, because your business certainly means a lot to us. And sometimes it was, you know, well, hey, we haven't seen you in this subdivision for a while. And that was a wake up call for us before we lost more business. But other times it was, you know what? that sales agent shouldn't be sending business to another mortgage company. We'll make sure that that gets taken care of. And we want you to understand that we're loyal to you. So either way, I always say without knowing where you stand, it's really difficult to get to where you want to be. Um, and so identifying and using data in order to be able to make sure that you're on that right trajectory is critical, I think, for maximizing uh, loan volume. And how do you describe the value of historical data versus perspective data that's going to help you make new decisions? Because there's, um, you you sent over a couple great notes around some data from Zonda that's coming out. And one thing you pointed to was the home building outlook model, and which is helping, of course, home builders project forward how they should be making decisions. Um, but obviously, you just alluded to you know, past data that's important. Like, how do you how do you balance it too? Obviously one is uh, like perspective is going to help you with current decisions, but context comes from that historical. Like how do you balance the two? Definitely. I think um, now more than ever, data is changing the way that we operate. Um, there's one of our customers who actually says that data is the new oil. And I couldn't agree with that statement 
um, more. I think with our home building outlook, we really created that to help sort of model and predict the best markets for selling new homes. And that helps everyone in the new construction industry, whether that's a home builder and allocating resources or whether that's a building products manufacturer executive that's understanding where to allocate their supply, as well as with our mortgage lenders and banks and understanding where do we want to invest our resources for future business. You know, one of the things that we noticed is that in July, sales were actually up notably from 2019, um, actually 26% from 2019. So um, those are not small increases, they're big increases, but that also varies widely. We're seeing on the local and regional level um, vast differences from what we're reporting nationally. So some markets are definitely recovering faster than others. Um, And so to your point about understanding historical data, I think it's important not just to look at the last 30 or 60 or 90 days, but let's look at the two-year spread is important to us right now because obviously what happened in 2020, what happened in 2021, 22, were really sort of anomalies of what a normal market is. And even in the mortgage rate side of things, we're still dealing with a lot of fallout in terms of your historical spread between the 10-year treasury and the 30-year. And that's what's kind of keeping rates high. So I think across the board really understanding what's happening um, historically in terms of what's happening now, and then we can, helps us predict what's also going to happen in the future. Yeah, and when you go to a new Zonda prospect or maybe a new client that you're onboarding, and you're bringing this data to them for the first time and helping them understand context and that that look forward view, how do you get them acclimated to using Zonda data? What are some key ways you help them understand the data and how it could be used? So on the mortgage lending side of things, um, you know, it's critical in a few different ways. Number one is making it relevant. You know, I'm not going to spend time showing you what's happening in the Austin market if you don't do business there. So creating an emotional tie of this is data, which you might not typically be interested in, but here's how it affects your pocket. That's emotional. So if you're able to tie the use of data to a personal experience, um, for me, one of the most eye-opening things for our customers is they think they have a solid lender partner or, or builder relationship, rather. And then when we get into the weeds of the data, we show them that sometimes their relationship isn't as strong as they think it is. And so it's an eye-opener for them to say, oh my gosh, like, yes, I got 30 loans from them, but I'm getting less of a percentage of market share every month. Like, what do I need to do to make sure that I'm growing my market share instead of losing business? Uh, The other piece of it, depending on your role within the organization, is recruiting the right talent. And so our product also offers uh, excellent recruiting um, data, which helps Uh, lenders find top producers in the new construction and purchase market so that they can spend their efforts and their time on getting the top talent that fits the needs of their loan products. And when you look at the best Zonda clients, those being ones that can take in the data, quickly make decisions with it and understand it fairly quickly how to use it, have you found any commonalities between like high-performing Zonda clients using data, like what do they do? Is there, are there certain ways their teams are organized or the, the way they tell stories about data and use data internally? What are some kind of common themes that you've noticed? 
Sure. I think um, one of the things that's really special about Zonda is that we're not limited to just data. One of the things that we also do is provide a common networking place through our events. So we host um, educational and networking events throughout the country, 150 different events, live and virtual through the year. And so it allows people who jump into the data of our product to go and actually then connect and make shake hands with decision makers in the building industry. So we really sort of provide this amazing collaborative space for people who care about new construction to not only get into the data, but then also discuss it with the people that it affects. Within lending, what do you see the most data-driven or data-focused and informed lenders doing in the market right now? You know, I think they're looking for opportunity. Um, I think the biggest opportunity that exists right now is um, around affordability. So what are you doing to be different to qualify more buyers? I think builders are great partners for lenders right now because of the fact that they are ready and willing to buy the rate down to where it can be affordable for a purchaser, especially as we get into these high sixes, now mid sevens in interest rate. Uh, that's certainly enough to put even millions more buyers on back on the sideline. So if you're not working with builders, which surprisingly there are so many lenders who just don't work in with builders or in the new construction space, um, that's something that probably surprises me, by the way, more than anything is how are you not pivoting to understand that this has to be part of your portfolio of business? Currently, 35% of all inventory nationally is new construction. In a traditional market, that's more like 10 to 15%. So when one out of three homes for sale is new construction, uh, no lender can afford to turn away one out of three deals, especially when there's no refis on the table. So we are dealing with a different market, one that we don't believe is going to change anytime soon due to the sort of mortgage rate lockdown that exists, um, which, by the way, it's not necessarily a lockdown. We can talk about that in further detail if you'd like. Um, the number one top buyer in the new home market right now is actually a move-up buyer, um, but they just aren't selling their existing house with cheap money in order to buy. So it's actually exacerbating the inventory problem because they're taking another home off the market but not putting one for sale. And so because of that, again, builders are the future of supply. If lenders want to be relevant, uh, they need to pivot and understand that even though it might be uncomfortable, they need to invest in the new construction space. And of course, without data, they're not going to know that one in three homes on is going to be a, a new construction home. And that's very important. Exactly. Exactly. There's a... Um, yeah, it's it's funny without that data context, you're not going to be able to uh, make those decisions more quickly. Yeah, you've alluded to a couple different key statistics. That one in three is, is pretty remarkable. Um, what are some other key statistics that you reference that help describe the current housing market? Sure. Um, so I think that new build again is really the sort of future of supply. Um, in terms of just overall new construction stats, 
Um, you know, 28,100 builders actually closed on homes in the last 12 months. I think that's an important thing to note because it represents total opportunities, specifically from a lender's perspective. You know, we all tend to think of the top big builders, your DR Hortons and your Lennars and those big players. But the reality is, is that home building is still largely a regional and local business, right? So there are 28,100 unique builders that are out there that need a lender that's going to help them understand and navigate this marketplace. Um, the supply is good. We've got 737,900 vacant developed lots that are ready to be built on right now. Um, when you compare that to listings, I don't know the, the actual number, but I want to say it's around 88,000 active resale listings across the country. And then you talk about having, you know, 740,000 vacant developed lots. Again, that's really sort of helping us visualize how important really it is to be in that new construction space. Um, the average new build closing price is $506,000. So again, an important thing to understand because it's much higher than your average resale price. So understanding that lenders make money as a percentage of your loan amount, that's also a, a good reason to be in that space. Um, the average loan amount's 407000 We actually had $193 billion in loan volume uh, from just new construction in the last 12 months. Um, roughly 17% of all purchase loans in the last 12 months actually came from new construction. Uh, so again, really significant uh, numbers in that space. So again, looking at opportunity and where you can position yourself for success and getting more origination business, it's hard to ignore the new home construction space. Yeah, for lenders who are recognizing this opportunity in new construction, what challenges are they running into trying to make that a larger part of their company or their portfolio? I think, yeah, I think there's fear in it. Um, I think there's fear of how long is it going to take to get that business? Are we capable of having, of doing that business? Um, and so my answer always is use our data to recruit talent who already understands how to do builder business. That's the easiest and quickest way to build a builder division is to hire people that do it well. Um, no question. And so that is something that we are proud to offer as part of our platform is let me see in this market, top producing new construction loan officers. Here's their contact information. Here's how you can reach out to them and uh, hopefully build your, your builder division quickly and scalably with that effort. Yeah. Can you dive into that a little bit more? I'd love to hear more, more ways of how companies are using data to effectively recruit. Yeah, I think it's a big part of it. I mean, thankfully, through the NMLS system, we have really reliable data that helps us understand um, transactionally what each loan officer is doing and where they're hanging their license. Um, I do want to point out, though, that the loan officer market has been significantly in, uh, affected by the lack of business uh, in the last couple of years. Um, you know, in 2021, there was a peak of loan officers um, in the market. And when we say there's a peak, we sort of say this means this particular loan officer did at least one deal a month for 12 months, right? Um, there were 174,007 loan officers in 2021. Today, there are only 
65. Uh, that is a 44% decrease. So for companies to make sure that they are still recruiting purchase-based loan officers um, is critical. I will also say that uh, obviously refinance is going away has taken a lot of the lazier loan officers out of the business. So in 2021, only 37% of transactions were purchases. Uh, today that number is flipped and it's 72%. So getting a purchase heavy loan officer specific if they've got new construction relationships is a great way to ensure consistent loan volume no matter what the market environment is. How do you think lenders might adjust their strategy for uh, home builders going into 2024? And then perhaps how, how, how do you think data might influence that 2024 strategy? Sure. So one of the things that we also track is loan types by builder, by uh, region, right? So we can sort of be able to say, okay, this builder builds in a heavy FHA market, right? So if we know that there's a need for that FHA product, it helps us better understand what programs we need in order to be competitive in the market, at least from a lender's perspective, right? So understanding the needs of a specific buyer demographic through understanding what types of loan programs exist is really important. Another piece that's interesting is at Zonda, we do builder surveys. We also do millennial surveys. And one of the more interesting things that came out from our most recent millennial survey was that uh, 40% of consumers are interested in a product outside of a standard 30-year fixed mortgage. Um, so for us, that's a huge number, and they've actually gone so far as to say it's preventing them from investing or purchasing a home today. So it, that tells us in the lending world that we need to be more creative with solutions that um, are more attractive to home buyers to get them off of the fence. Affordability is, of course, a different, another challenge within the the current market, and, and data is going to help a lender understand how that's like, and put numbers around how that is affecting things. How are you seeing lenders uh, react and adjust to affordability challenges? Well, I think if they have a builder partner, they've been really good about leveraging incentives in order to create permanent buy-downs. So instead, if a buyer couldn't afford a home because the rate was at 6%, the buyers, the builder's coming in and saying, let's buy it down to five. And so that's opening the door. But without great lender partners, builders don't necessarily know how to leverage what's available for them in order to be able to get those homeowners in, across the board. So I think one of the, my most favorite, I guess, um, I don't know if you say consequences of COVID and the sole rate environment is really seeing home builders and lenders be really collaborative in addressing problems that exist in the marketplace. Um, whether that is, you know, a permanent rate down or whether that's forward commitments or whether that's closing a cost assistance paired with a little bit of a buy down or a three to one buy down, two one buy down. Um, in some cases, you know, lenders are getting creative in order to say, maybe we pay your mortgage insurance up front and that'll save you a couple hundred dollars using the builder's incentives. Um, and I think because builders are the ones that have the incentives right now, 
sellers are just not having to budge. There's not enough inventory on the market right now where they feel like they need to provide any seller concessions. Um, so it's certainly a, de- a big divide in terms of what a builder is willing to do versus what a traditional seller is willing to do uh, simply just because they don't have to. Yeah, so the lenders who are trying to navigate that, what other data are they using to to pair with that to understand um, that kind of uh, change within the the market like what are the what other data sets come in handy and, and pair well with with some of these Zonda data sets that you're seeing maybe the most ambitious lenders using you know I think that you're going to also want to make sure that you're understanding the resale market we don't specialize specifically in the resale market but understanding what's happening in the resale market is really important in order to be able to navigate um, the market environment Uh, correctly. I will say having conversations with your customers about their objections of why they're maybe not ready to move and then really objectively addressing those concerns is important because I think there's still so much misinformation in the marketplace, but most consumers think that you need at least 10% to be able to purchase a home. And that, and that's obviously not true. We know FHA, you need three and a half percent. There are a lot of lenders out there that are actually offering 1% or even no money down, um, in order to get into a home. And so we're in a unique marketplace because specific to the millennial buyer, We know that traditionally they have, you know, good jobs, they have good income, uh, they have good credit, they have no assets saved. And so if you want to be able to buy a house, um, you really need those aggressive programs in order to be able to make it happen. But if the buyers don't know those programs exist, then we're failing the marketplace. So how do you get that message out there? What are some effective ways for for lenders to get messaging out there about better loan programs? I think it really is a grassroots uh, effort. I think you've got to educate people in the pre-qual process. You've got to educate your real estate partners, and you've got to educate your home builders and their sales agents. I think it's what is the messaging that we want to be able to put out there um, in order to be able to help people understand what's actually available uh, in order to be able to get people into homes right now. I would also say that I think the government really needs to do a better job of helping increase uh, listing activity, meaning uh, there was some discussion at one point about the More Homes on the Market Act, which would actually double uh, the exemption from taxes in order to help incentivize people to put their houses on the market. Um, That obviously kind of fizzled out and died, but I think we do need to make it attractive for people to sell their homes and put them on the market. Otherwise, we're just not going to um, really effectively address affordability. There's a lot of people out there that are like the housing crash guys, I always say. Oh, it's going to crash, it's going to crash. And, you know, basic economics, look at the data again, is without an oversupply, there's not going to be a crash. We are not oversupplied. We're not close to being oversupplied. Um, In fact, my opinion is, and it's just an opinion, but is that as soon as rates get back into the low sixes, high fives, mid fives, we've got 
about millions of buyers that are going to be in a panic frenzy to get into a house and it's going to just drive prices even further. So when that happens, I think we all just need to be ready and aware. I don't think prices, and again, I say that with a lot of humility because one thing COVID taught us is that we can't predict really anything, no matter what your data actually says, right? Um, but I think the reality is, is that we're kind of in, a, in an affordability crisis um, that needs to be addressed, but we've got some work to do. Yeah, you, you talked about qualitative data earlier and just talking to you, to customers as well. How how could you how are you seeing the best or most ambitious lenders use qualitative data as part of their portfolio of data? Like not every data point is gonna be, you know, a number, a perfect number in a spreadsheet. What are what are some ways to use qualitative data to kind of help see around these corners? Yeah, I think it's what homes are selling, what price point is selling, who are the demographics of the buyers that are actually purchasing right now. Um, are builders still offering incentives? That's one that we look at uh, constantly. So right now, incentives are available at 58% of communities nationally. Um, that's actually down from 63% of communities offering incentives last month. Um, so what that sort of tells us is that builders are feeling pretty confident of being able to sell their house without offering an incentive. And so that helps us sort of gauge what their confidence level is in the marketplace. Uh, that wasn't the case. I can tell you several months ago is that they were actually increasing the amount of incentives. Most builders were increasing the amount of incentives. So um, I think that seeing where resale inventory is, seeing where quick move in inventory is, um, and then seeing what supply is available, not just now, but in the future, builders don't necessarily feel the panic of needing to give away products. Yeah. Obviously you're talking with a lot of different people just through your, your normal role at Zonda, but, um, what are some habits or things you've been doing that kind of keep these dialogues going or obviously very up to date on, everything that's going on and have lots of conversations. What are, what are some things you do that other folks who want to gather that qualitative data uh, should be doing? So I always say education is the biggest piece. I actually have my degree in education. So I am a firm believer of being a lifelong learner. Um, without really educating yourself, you can't educate anybody else. And as I mentioned earlier um, in our conversation, I think education is such our as the biggest opportunity we have in order to convert renters into buyers. So educating yourselves, I'm constantly doing podcasts like this or webinars or I'll speak at MBA luncheons or events or our Zonda events as well in not just educating lenders, but also educating builders on what they should be asking for from a lender, expecting from a lender right now. Um, the market changes so quickly. And so we really do have to invest in studying the data constantly, educating ourselves, attending to events, having conversations with people about what's happening on the streets, visiting communities. Um, and I think talking to loan officers themselves, um, what's happening on your day-to-day -day life? You know, how many people are really true buyers? Does that look normal to you or does it look inflated or does it look concerning? Um, how many people are really on the bubble and true buyers and, you know, if rates drop, how much does your pipeline change, right? How many more people are now active buyers again? So these are all things that I think 
are valuable pieces of discussion. The data is so important, um, both from a micro and a macro level, but I think also that will never replace having discussions with people who are in the trenches on a day-to-day basis in your local market. Yeah, I completely agree. And I liked the earlier phrase you had, data is a new oil. What is that a trend you're seeing broadly across the, the clients that you work with? Or or is, do you think it's more isolated to a couple pockets and not necessarily a broad trend across the industry? I think the big firms get it. They get data, but they also have a lot of resources in order to be able to digest that data properly, right? You've got maybe one or two people, um, you know, minimally that are, their job is to basically take data in and feed it out. Where I see the biggest opportunity is in the smaller, the credit unions, the the independent mortgage banks. Um, I think they're doing their own loan officers a disservice by not arming them with the data that they need in order to be successful. And I said it earlier today, if your company doesn't invest in you um, and what you need to be relevant and successful, especially in this marketplace, again, I would question, are you at the right place? Because especially when it comes to new construction business, you need to have the data to compete. You know, I've said it before, I'll say it again, with 35% of inventory nationally new construction, if you are turning away that business by just not looking at it at all, we are missing a huge opportunity. And I know that there's this sort of misconception of, oh, they all have their own mortgage companies or they all have these joint ventures or that business is sort of bought and paid for, but that really couldn't be further from the truth. Even if you don't want to have a preferred lender relationship and that's not the avenue you want to go to, I know for certain, I just told you that only 58 communities are offering, 58% of communities are offering incentives right now to use their specific lender or whatever. Um, That means that, you know, 42% aren't offering an incentive. As a lender, don't you want the ability to know where you could send a buyer so that you could get that business rather than just giving it away? I mean, if your company isn't at least giving you that type of information, again, you're missing the boat. Yeah, maybe as a as a closing note, as an employee, what are some pieces of advice you'd have for finding an organization to work for that would invest in you and give you the data that you would you would need to use your to do your job effectively? Yeah, I think you know. Interestingly enough. Um, if you have, if you feel a hundred percent supported and you feel like you've got all of the tools that you need in order to be successful in this market, then that's your number one indicator that you don't need to be looking somewhere else. Right. I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But if you are in a place where you're like, you know what, I'm tired of losing business to a builder lender and I know how to do my job, which by the way, like I said, the remaining 56% of loan officers that have survived this market, that 97,865, they've been in the business and they know what they're doing. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in the business anymore. So I would always suggest that you know, go to your leadership and say, listen, I need to be able to work with builders. I need to be able to have the data to work with builders. Are you willing to support those efforts? Because I know I'm not alone when I am saying that we want to be able to service builders. So, and then let them respond. And if they're not interested in supporting you, then 
yeah, I guess it's time to start taking some recruiting meetings because I think sadly a lot of loan officers just get complacent. Like it's hard to switch, right? Like it's hard to close out your pipeline. It's hard to move companies. It's hard to learn new operating systems. Um, But sometimes hard things are good, you know? So take a look at, you know, a hard look at what your organization is offering you, whether that's from a data perspective or whether that's support perspective or whether it's technology or whether it's loan programs, um, I think you got to take a hard look at it and say, am I in a place where I'm being supported right now? And if I'm not, what does it look like, that roadmap, in order for me to get what I need so that I can get my business to where I want it? Absolutely. Nicolette, thank you so much for coming on House of Data. It's been great getting to chat with you. I'm glad Brennan was able to introduce us. So thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your time. Same. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure being on and I look forward to connecting again in the future. Thank you for listening to House of Data. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review and introducing the show to a friend in data to help more folks discover the podcast. For more information about Altus Research and the podcast, Check us out at altusresearch.com or send me an email at alex at hwmedia.com.